Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome back to episode 107 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, presented by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And because of the cool guys over Belly Up, we got some business, some business to attend to first. Um, first of all, guys, want to plug all of our affiliates and sponsors at the beginning of the show. So you guys that are listening to us, thank you, because we're going to get all the business out of the way. Um, obviously, you guys uh, can check the links in our bios um, on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you can find them there and we have a little link that links to all of our affiliates, but first of all, blue coolers, they still have $35 off shipping, uh, makes a great gift for a Valentine's day. So again, for those of you guys out there, listen, drop a hint to your wife, fiance, girlfriend. Um, if you, I think if you buy it soon, it should be here before Valentine's $35 off shipping. No, sorry. Free shipping <laughs> over orders, $35 or more. Sorry. That is the, that is the official diagnosis there. Um, also, if you guys are not following us on TikTok, do so at Two Drunk Brothers because we did a TikTok doing our Kong beer bongs on Saturday um, while we're watching the game. So check those out. Um, you buy two, get one free right now. Again, links in bio. And they also just restocked their blue and greens, which I wish they would have had whenever I bought ours because Travis and I are both white. They're still pretty cool. Um, definitely you're going to be nice this summer for lake days, tailgating, not tailgating, but river days, stuff like that. And then lastly... Uh, if you haven't, if you want to get started betting, you can sign up on Bovada. We have a free sign-on bonus and a link in bio. Uh, and also follow us on the Action Network because we are releasing daily basketball, both college and NBA, and hockey plays, and also UFC plays coming up because there's a morning card tomorrow or today when you guys are hearing this. So when you hear this, so the morning the morning card will be about over with. But if you're not already following us, that's your own fault. Uh, but yeah, lots of stuff, exciting stuff. Jared, like Jared said, daily uh, basketball plays. Can't promise anything because you're relying on 18 to 20 year old men putting a ball through a hoop. Uh, but that's the fun of it. So, shit happens. This past football weekend, we're going to recap uh, the divisional round games. Saturday, I think, was a lot more fun, or Sunday was a lot more fun than Saturday. First of all, recap what combined our records and units. I mean, not our records, but our we we did really really good this weekend. Yeah, we I was up like point five. You were up like four and some change or something like that. Yeah, I know we were nine and three, hovering nine, around nine and six, five units, nine and six. Sorry. Yeah, nine and six. Nine and yeah. six, hovering around up five units. So we did good, like the uh, the props and teasers and whatnot. So it's going to be. Fun doing them again. We got some more picks for you guys. First off, let's talk about some of the games that happened um, and what we think teams are going to do heading into this this weekend. So, Packers and Rams was the first game on Saturday. This one was not very intriguing from the get go. 
No, I mean, Packers and Rams, I think we all knew what the game was going to be. Um, I was intrigued to watch it because we had Packers first half uh, minus three and a half, which hit. So um, good bet there, Travis. Uh, we also added, it wasn't on our podcast, we added six and a half to our action network because we thought that was a good play, and that hit as well. Um, their offense looks great. I, I mean, they can turn it on at any instant. My only worry with the Packers is they did this in, in Saturday's game. They let teams back into it. They need to learn how to pull away. Like they left the Rams, I think at one point they were within eight points because the Rams were in that crazy hook and lateral um, two point conversion. And, but then as soon as the Packers got back on the field, they went down and scored. So I think, that, and that's why, that's why I took the first half. I told you, if you listen to the, you guys listen to the podcast last week, I said, they love to let teams back in it. They let their foot off the gas. Uh, and so I was, that's what made me nervous, but their offense does look unstoppable. They have, they ran it with AJ Dillon a lot more this past weekend. So you're adding in the third back. They all have different running styles. I think the thing with the Packers that sets them above everyone else is their play calling is the best in the NFL right now. They they don't usually get too conservative even when they do let off the gas. Uh, they're still their their play calling still there. Yeah, we'll talk about not cons- not conservative play calling when it comes to the Chiefs. But yeah, I mean the Packers are right there with the Chiefs in terms of not afraid to call a risky play when they need to. So um, I think we all knew the Rams were frauds. I mean, I did anyway. I didn't think they belonged there. I mean, I think in, in my honest opinion, these two teams, I had these two teams in the NFC championship game in my bracket that we did. Travis can attest to that. These to me were the two teams that were always going to be there. I was never sold in the Seahawks. I was never sold in the saints. Obviously the Bears. Yeah, but the NFC, I'm just saying is weak. Like the Rams were not good. No, they weren't. Aaron, Aaron Donald only had one tackle on Saturday, which the camera showed him on sidelines more than they did in the field because of his whole rib injury. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had the same injury that uh, Tyrod Taylor had and had to get the shot in his rib cage. So that obviously played a factor, but at the end of the day, I don't think it really mattered. Uh, Jalen Ramsey still got exposed. I mean, he's a good corner, but Devontae Adams is just that good. And we'll talk about the matchup that we're going to see this weekend um, between the Bucks and the Saints. I mean, Bucks I mean if you're going to – if you're going to do that to Jalen Ramsey and have a day and score touchdowns, I don't really know, honestly, of a cornerback that's going to be able to shut you down completely. Well, I mean, we'll talk about that when we talk about – or do you, we can talk about – Carlton Davis held Mike Thomas to zero catches. Yeah, well, Mike Michael Thomas has been exposed all year long. Old slant boy can't really do much anymore. Yeah, I'm just saying that that Bucks defense is playing next level. We'll talk about that because that's the last game. So Packers Rams, that was is what it is. We kind of expected it. This next game was not how a lot of people kind of predicted it. The Bills and the Ravens. Um, I know Vegas probably won shitloads of money on people who hammered the over. If I if I were to, if you had a gun to my head and say, hey, you have to bet on the over under, I would have bet the over in this game a hundred times out of a hundred. Uh, and it wasn't. It was boring. Uh, and what really the bills didn't look great on, on offense, but their defense to me stepped it up. I don't really know as much of their defense rather than the fact that Lamar Jackson is horrible. Like I'm like maybe not horrible in the sense that he's a bad quarterback, but the dude will never ever be able to win big time games. And I think that showed, I mean, three points in a playoff game is uh, that's atrocious. Well, they should have had nine Justin Tucker's days as the best kicker in the NFL are over over yeah they are over but i mean you can't if you're gonna say that they should have like been in it more i mean tyler bass also missed two field goals so yeah they shouldn't have they should have 
nine points, but not not getting the end zone is rough. If Lamar Jackson were in the red zone, they would have won that game. That pick six. 102-yard pick six, by the way. Yeah, that pick six that he threw was garbage. And then fucking J.K. Dobbins dropping those passes is just – that can't happen either. They just did not look good at all. And – I don't know. It was it was ugly to watch. It really, honestly, wasn't even fun. I was I checked out of that game at halftime. Yeah, me too. Like honestly, you're talking about all this shit that I don't really remember a whole lot of because we were hanging out on Saturday night with some buddies, and I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson again, non-existent in a playoff game. I mean, it is what it is. What you expect? But still, the Bills didn't look great. Like they've looked very less than stellar in the both their playoff games that they played. That's uh, that's that's a little. If you mean they, I mean they scored ten points on offense. This offense that's been talked about all year long, and they only scored ten points. Yeah. So, but they looked good in the first round until they let the Colts back into it. It's just like if their offense played a great game, game one, and their defense did not. And they haven't like, put it together essentially. Exactly. They haven't. They haven't put a complete game together. Last, you know, game one, it was their offense looked great. Their special teams was on point. And their defense sucked. And then last weekend, it was their offense and special teams sucked and defense was on point. So if, I think, to me, still, honestly, they're the most dangerous team in the playoffs if they can complete all three phases. If they put all three phases together, they're dangerous. Yeah, we'll see. As much as I hate to say it, I think the Packers right now are just going to be so hard to stop, yeah. um, which we'll talk about that some more. Next day, Chiefs-Browns. No, not a whole – I mean, we're going to talk a lot about this game, but not a whole lot in terms of – other than Kevin Stefanski lost this game. Kevin Stefanski lost this, lost this game, most definitely. 100%. The challenge. The challenge is so stupid. What are you doing, man? Lost the timeout. Are, are you that threatened that Chad Henney is going to go down and score on you that you need to challenge a first down pass to Tyreek Hill? No, apparently it wasn't because in the play calling on their last possession that they had was absolutely atrocious. You know you cannot run it out, run it out of shotgun. I, I'm so tired of teams running out of shotgun formation in the NFL. It does not work. And then throwing a screen pass to Nick Chubb, who hadn't who couldn't catch a cold all fucking game. Why was Cream Hunt not in there for those screen passes? And then finally on third and long, I don't know. I can't remember the play call, but I know first down was a shotgun run. Second down was a screen pass to Nick Chubb that was dropped. The third one was a dump off in the flats to Kareem Hunt. It was. So that's your play calling with three minutes and maybe it was four minutes left in the game with that. Down five. And then if you're going to run those play calls, you have to be okay with going for it on fourth down. If that's your play calling, you're going to stick with. Yeah, because then you're punting it away. Like when you, to me, whenever they punted it there, it was over. Like you're you're punting it. Yeah, to one timeout left, right? Yeah, one timeout. You're punting it to the Chiefs. I don't care who's that quarterback. They have so many weapons and so many trick plays up their sleeve. It's Andy Reid. If they get one first down, the game's over, and they did, and then that was it. And so Kevin Stefanski lost the game. The one thing I want to point out, well, really two things on this play. I get the no call in Sorensen. Yes, it was helmet to helmet. Fine, great. Yeah, that was bad. It was bad. I think so. There's going to be, I think there's going to be two rule changes in the NFL to come next year out of this game. Out of, out of that, sorry, not in this game, out of that play. I think helmet to helmet hits are going to be reviewable like college, which a lot of people don't like. But I mean, if you're going to have that in college, you got to have it in the NFL. And secondly, they're going to get rid of the fumble out of the end zone. If the offense fumbles it out of the end zone, 
then the defense gets it. If there's not a clear, like people are literally saying that's the worst rule in sports. And I can't say I don't disagree. I don't know. I think I like it. Don't fucking fumble it. Don't be greedy. Don't try to dive for the pylon and lose the ball. Like if you're okay, but, you're but, but, but my thing is you fumble it anywhere else on the field and goes out of bounds and no one recovers it. You still get the ball. But I mean, just getting just that close to the end zone. You know, the one yard line. Well, you know, well, you can never fumble it forward. Like, at, at any point in the field. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I don't know. I don't fumble in the end zone. It's been a rule. Can't change that rule now. Yes, they are. Yes, they will. You see, can change rule all. They change rules all the time. Yeah, I know. That's just that's a very big rule. I I don't mind it. it. Rule? Why is it? Why is it a big rule? Please tell me. I'm pretty sure we talked about this two like a couple years ago, and you were you said to suck it up to people who fumbled out of bounds. I think I totally agree with it. I I I will back that. Okay, well, if that. If that's the case, then you when you fumble out of bounds in regular play, the defense should get it then. Mm, no. What is the difference? To be, like explain to me what the difference is. I, I'm I mean, just curious. It's just always been that way. Why would you change it now? Just because then then you're going back on history. You would say, Oh, never mind. The Browns could have beat the Chiefs that year. Okay, you could also lay the lay people out and murder them with your helmet fucking five years ago, but now they changed that. Mm. I don't know. I, I think it should stay the same, but regardless of the fact that hit was dirty and it should have never even counted because it was a helmet to helmet hit clearly because in the Bucks saints game, that was called in the very first drive lowering the helmet on a call on a play that was like a 10th of the severity. Yeah. But regardless, uh, big, I thought Baker looked good in this game. He was zipping the ball all over the place. He could throw. He was throwing the ball all over. He's he's looked good the whole second half of the season. He looked okay. I mean, I think the play calling's holding them back a bit. If I'm being honest with you, they try to force the run a lot at a shotgun. Um, they do this. I mean, honestly, like you're gonna fucking call me crazy, but what what the play calling for Baker does reminds me a lot of what like the Dolphins did this year. They ran. They try to force the run on first, second down, and they get Baker third and longs, and they get stuck in it. So. Um, Baker did look all right, but I think the play calling is holding them back. Kevin Stefanski looked like a rookie head coach yesterday, um, this weekend. On that drive they scored where I think Kareem Hunt ended up running it in to go down five, they converted on like three-fourth downs and a couple of third downs where Baker had to throw in like almost all circumstances. So Austin Hooper had a fucking phenomenal catch. Yeah, that was an insane catch. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. we're talking about the team that lost. Um, honestly, though, Kansas City. We'll talk about like, so Mahomes and his injury and his concussion that he had. Um, it was it looked weird because me and my wife were watching it, and like he did get hit in the head. And, like I soon as I saw him, like it has to be some of his nerves, and that's what it apparently was. It wasn't a dirty hit. I asked Cyrus, good friend of the podcast, big Chiefs fan. He's like, nope, that's a clean hit. Uh, Patrick, it was a design quarterback run on, on third and short. He got hit. It is what it is. So all you Chiefs fans and Patrick Mahomes' mom who are calling a dirty hit are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, 
I didn't see it in full motion because I was pissed off, turned the game off, and then I turned it back on, saw the replay, and it was very weird. But he got up, no idea where he was. No. Like, the dude was completely out of it. I thought when I, when I like, saw that he got taken out that it was because of his toe injury because everyone saw her in the game, like, he was limping. His gait was weird, like, the whole, like, time leading up to that injury. So it's going to be interesting to see, one, if he's cleared to come back from his concussion nerve, whatever, and two, how his toe is going to hold up because you know it's going to be stiff from sitting around all week. Yeah, that's my thing. I think he plays. I mean, people come back from a concussion after a week all the time. The thing I mean, is, like, you said, how bad it is. There's also been people this year who are out two to three weeks with a concussion. Yeah, and if you force him back, especially with nerve damage, if it, if it has something to do with his nerve, then you're risking a guy's ability to potentially walk. I mean, just ask- I know it's the AFC Championship game, but you want your $500 million man to uh, end his career in an AFC Championship game? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a legitimate question. So um, even though before he came out, I don't think the Chiefs offense looked that great. I'm just going to come. I'm going to come out and say it. It did for the first three drives. And surprisingly, the Browns were able to kind of figure it out. Again, I think a lot of it had to do with the toe thing. Like Mahomes was limited mobility. Couldn't get out of the pocket. Couldn't scramble as much. Because uh, if so, he would have ran all over him like Chad Henney did on third and 14. But – yeah, they didn't look great, and they haven't looked great. Like, the whole last, like, five or six weeks of the season, they really didn't look that good. Yeah, that's that's what – we'll talk about that later. We spent enough time on this game. Let's re- wrap it up with the Sunday night game, Bucks and Saints. Um, Bucks defense was next level, but it also doesn't help that Drew Brees has a fucking noodle arm, and I've said that for a couple of years now. Yeah, Drew Brees should have retired two years ago. The dude has been garbage in the playoffs for the last, what, four years now? I mean, not I mean, garbage, but – in He's the playoffs, been, they've been like the team to, to make it, and then he just shits the bed. Not to his fault. I mean, they lost on the Minneapolis Miracle. They lost in that push-off in the end zone. Um, but a lot of that falls on the defense. And this year, they had the, I think they had the defense to do it, and Drew Brees wasn't up to snuff. Honestly, in my opinion, I saw one play from Jameis Winston, and I think if he's your quarterback the full game, we're talking about a totally different ball game here. I mean – Everyone can give Jameis Winston all the shit they want to. That dude shouldn't be a starter on a team in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, he had, what, 56 yards, one for one, and touchdown? I mean, dying teams played scrub-ass quarterbacks. I mean, the Washington football team played a fucking no, no shot on Taylor Heineke. They played a playoff game with Taylor Heineke. You had fucking the Chicago Bears playing with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. The fucking, Rams played with John Wolford. John Wolford. The 49ers played with uh, Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins. I mean, Beathard. Like, Jameis Winston, the dude led the NFL in touchdown passes last year, and he's sitting on the bench, comes out in the uh, this past weekend, is one for one, 56 yards on a dime. Like, that was an incredible throw. I know he was wide open, but it's still from a dude that hasn't played in a game for all season long, basically. Yeah. I mean, awesome. it's, but uh, the story of the game to me was the Bucks defense. I mean, even outside the interceptions that they forced on Drew Brees, I still think they had a lot of key pieces. Fucking Levante David, I don't know how many years he's been in the league, is flying around the field. They, their linebacking core is dangerous with Levante David and uh, Devin White. Devin White, yeah, Devin White is very good. I'm not, I'm not going to knock the Bucks defense. Say they're not good, but I th- I 
I do think this past weekend was a little bit of like a like pumping their dicks up a little bit. They're going to come and play the Packers. And I'll tell you what, Aaron Rodgers is much better at finding open receivers than Drew Brees is. It'll be interesting. I think Carlton Davis and Devontae Adams are going to be a hell of a matchup. Um, we'll find out what Carlton Davis is made of. He's talking a lot of shit uh, on social media after locking down Mike Thomas to zero catches. So we'll see what kind of comes of that. But um, I mean, Buck Saints, other than that, to me, wasn't really that exciting. So uh, what do you say? I, thought, I mean, I thought it was decent up until it kind of got out of hand after Drew Brees threw his 19th interception of the game. But yeah, it was, it was a decent weekend. I think this weekend was better, had more quality games than wildcard weekend did in my eyes. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. So with that being said, let's roll into the conference championship games this weekend. We're talking about the games as a, as a whole and also our line. So yeah, let's kick it off with the first game on Sunday. It's two o'clock central standard time. That is because we in St. Louis, it's the bucks at the Packers and the Packers are getting three and a half points at home in Lambeau in what's supposed to be a very three now we'll move to three, move to three. Okay. Three for the Packers. I like that even more. Um, supposed to be a very, very frigid, cold game in Lambeau. The over-under is 51. I just see this line bouncing back and forth between 50, between three and a half and three all week. But it's probably going to be there. So um, let's kick it off with that game and do the same thing we did last weekend. We don't have to pigeonhole ourselves into one bet where we can spread things across. I think in that game, the only thing I really like is Packers minus three. Yeah, so I have Pat in that game by itself, uh, just like no prop, no player props or anything. Uh, I have Packers minus three, and I also have Packers first half minus two and a half. Ooh, I like Again, it. for obvious reasons, like we said last week. Yeah, I like I like the Packers minus two and a half in the first half. Won't add it to my card personally, but Travis has it. What are your unit totals on Packers minus three? And- uh, so I have two on minus three. And then only one on the first half, minus two and a half. Okay. I also have two on Packers minus three. Um, And the reason why I have it is I just don't think there's another team out there that's as hot as the Packers, both on offense and defense in the NFL right now. Yes, they played the Rams last week, but they sacked golf four times. And I think that's going to be the key to them beating Brady and the Bucs is getting to the quarterback. So if they can sack him three or four times, I really, really like the Packers to cover minus three here. That's going to be the big, honestly, getting pressure on Brady is going to be key. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, like we said, the pack, the Bucks D offense really didn't look amazing versus the Saints. I know the Saints do have a good defense, but the only reason that they were set up in scoring position was because of Drew Brees' turnovers. Like they had the ball pretty sure in the red zone and every single turnover that they had, and still only managed to come away with 30 points. Uh, the Packers, on the other hand, they can move the ball at will. It is going to be in that very, very cold weather, which we know Tom Brady is used to it. But then again, he spent the whole season in Tampa Bay. So he's probably not going to love that too much. I don't think. The weather in Lambeau on Sunday, what they got. They have 29 degrees and a chance of snow. 80, 40% chance of precipitation. So 29 degrees is the high, though. Nice. Well, it's going to be cold. Who knows it's going to be snowing because the weatherman couldn't predict his next fucking piss. So there's that. But, yeah, we both are on the Packers train, so we like that. Bills. So Bills. Let's, let's recap. We both have Packers minus, two, minus three, two units. 
you have Packers minus two and a half first half one unit. Yeah. Okay. Bills Chiefs. Uh, this one's at five forty on Sunday. Chiefs are three point favorites at home, so both of them three over under in this game is fifty three and a half. I'm pretty sure we're both on the same uh, side on this too, which I'm on Bills plus three. So I have two individual plays in this game. I am also. I, I kind of do because I have Bills plus three for for. I'm only doing one unit on it. I'm doing two. I'm doing I also you're doing two. I also am sprinkling in Bills money line for a half a unit. So I'm doing Bills. It's only it's plus one twenty five. So I'm doing a unit on Bills money line. Um, I so we do have two plays in this game. The same. Um, it's it's nice because our consensus picks you follow us in action hour have been doing pretty decent over the last few days. Hopefully tonight ends the same way. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And we just we literally just talked about it for way too long on the intro or uh, when we talked about last weekend's games. But Kansas City's offense has not impressed me down the stretch. Um, and they did nothing to change my mind on Sunday, even when Pat Mahomes was in the game. Um, he was 21 to 30 for 255 yards and a touchdown, which may seem when you're looking at it not good, but his QBR was 75.8. And it's not bad, but to me, it's not the Mahomes that willed the Chiefs to a Super Bowl victory last year. Like Mahomes played out of his mind. I think Josh, I think you have to do much better than that to beat a Josh Allen led team. And also let's not forget Stefan Diggs is having a hell of a postseason. Yeah. I mean, Stefan Diggs has been just the fuel of the fire and that offense. So it's looked really great. Um, damn. I mean, like we, there's only two games It's kind of sad to say there's only three NFL games left this season, but uh, both consensus picks in those games. Do you have any teasers or parlays? Jared has three. All right, let's hear your first one, and then I'll roll into mine, or I'll yeah. say one to mine. Got a Packers-Bills money line parlay plus 255 a unit on that. Just because those are two teams I'm picking, I'd be dumb not to parlay in money line for just a small a unit. Because um, in my eyes, I could bet this. The Bills could lose. I think they still cover the plus three, so you make it up there. I think the Packers still cover. So regardless, you're about maybe close to breaking even, but – um, if it all hits, you're in good. So Bills, Packers, Moneyline, Parlay, plus 255, one unit. All right. I have the same that That's also one of mine. So I like that there. And then I'm doing a yeah, – unit. You're, you're doing a unit on it? Yeah, just one unit on it. And then I'm doing, ready for this, a four-team. It's a 13-point sweetheart teaser. So it's going to be Packers plus 10. What, so what are the odds on this, though? It's minus 170, so I'm doing two units on it. Okay. Because the odds aren't great. But it gives you 13 points. Packers plus 10. 
uh, over of 38, depending on the weather, though. Like, obviously, you can wait to lock this in because I don't see the lines moving. If it's going to be bad weather, I'll hit the under and add the 13 points there. It's going to be good. I'll have the over. Bills plus 16, and then over of 40 and a half in that game. I like that one a lot. I'll probably be adding that to my slate. I don't have that. I have two teasers as well. They're both only seven points, and I kind of mixed them up a little bit. My first one is a seven-point teaser. It's plus 200, doing a unit and a half on it. It's bucks plus 10, just because I think it will be a closer game. It will be closer than a two-score game or a double-digit game. Bills plus 10. Bucks and Packers over 44. Fuck the weather. I don't care. I think points are going to be scored. And then Bills and Chiefs under 60 and a half. So seven-point teaser under that, plus 200 at a unit and a half. That doesn't scare me because yours at 60 and a half for that under and mine's at 40 and a half. That is lots of points in between. So mm-hmm. don't mind that one. What's your next one? I got one more. It's another seven-point teaser. I kind of lean the other way a little bit on some of these. And another teaser because theoretically these could both hit. Uh, again, seven points plus 200. Packers plus three and that, well, actually Packers plus four now because that three. So Packers plus four, Packers bucks over 44, Kansas city plus four and Kansas city bills over 53 and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, we did that last week and it seemed to work out in our favor. Uh, that's a thing that a lot of people, I guess not even a lot of people, but I've done this this year as in, in general, I lay all my eggs in one basket for a team on a teaser when I could, when I could just buy some the other way and I end up fucking myself. Cause one team doesn't cover. I'm looking at you, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, so I'm also doing a unit and a half on that. So, I mean, theoretically both of these teasers can hit what they also do is they also kind of give you some insurance and in some of the other plays that, that we did. Exactly. So I like that. What was it? What'd you say? The odds were on that bills Packers money line parlay plus two fifty or something. Two fifty five. Two fifty five. All right. Don't hate it. Um, so now I know a lot of these haven't been released, but I was able to find some, some props we like to hit for these games. So one out of the top one, right out of the gate that I know I'm going to like, and I wanted to tail it last weekend, but Travis talked me out of it is four nets over on his rushing yards. Or is yeah, over- I saw our, our good buddy, magic conch. He, uh, he tweeted this out earlier today too, and it's only going up, but I like it. They've been using them a ton the last two games and it's so low. Forty. I saw it at forty-two and a half at minus one fifteen. Yeah. What about his over on catches too? I don't want to put too many, uh, like I said, too many eggs in the four net basket just in case something happens. I'm only going to roll with one for him. But they have been doing a lot of dump offs to him. Yeah, that's that was my thing too. So um, definitely keep an eye out for that. I like four nets. Um, Devonte Adams anytime touchdown is always a good one. Good, good one. Yeah, that that coming out was minus is minus one seventy. So obviously you're gonna have to lay two units on that for it to be anything. But me and Jared did it on Sunday. He scored the first touchdown of the game. So maybe even first, early. maybe even first touchdown score. Yeah, that hit early and was out of the way. So he liked that. I have two other ones that we laid on Sunday that I can do again. One is Robert Tunyon over three and a half catches. Yep. Plus one twenty. I know he ended up with only like five, but he had that fourth one. Yeah. That fourth one was very scary because it's at the very end of the game. Uh, But he did have three in the first half. 
that plus 120. And then another one I have is MVS Valdez scaling over two and a half catches at one minus 115. I mean, that's easy money. He had that in the first half. I'm pretty sure. I'll be interested in uh, Godwin's over on catches and yards, whatever those end up at, because Antonio Brown did get hurt last game. And they'll have, you. they'll have Jair Alexander on Mike Evans probably. And he got locked the fuck up last game. And they went to Godwin a ton. Uh, let me pull that up for you. So, so you, you're wanting Godwin's under or over? I want to see his over on catches and um, yards. So his receptions is five and a half. It's too high. His yards, on the other hand, is 60, anywhere from 63 to 65. Don't know if I like that or not. So maybe maybe I'll stay away from that. I'm just trying to think of some players who have been doing a, a lot of stuff. Um, I think it's, it's evident that you can't trust Mike Evans after no. last week. One catch for three yards. I'm very intrigued by Matt Gaze under the kicker because of the weather and in Lambo. Yeah, I don't know. They don't have kicking props on here. We did one kicking prop last weekend didn't pan out because the Browns quick kicking field goals when they should have. Um, but yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, that's all I like. We'll obviously add some on Action Network on Sunday. Yeah, so. those those are the very early ones that are out that we think like lock in as soon as you can. Obviously, would, more- oh ooh ooh. ooh. Aaron Jones under on rushing yards. Under? Yeah, because they've been using AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams a ton. Yeah, I think his I think it was it was pretty low because of that reason. Uh it was actually at yeah, it's at 50, 57 to 59. Yeah, don't like that either. Which is very low. I do not like that. I'm trying so, to think else. What about so is Clyde Hedder Solaire like hurt or what is what yeah, is Yeah, he's he- out for the year. Remember he did something to either his knee or his quad, but he's done for. Okay. So, and it's really weird how they're using Darrell Williams and not Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I like Le'Veon Bell's under, depending on where it's at then, too. Yeah. But who knows if they'll even come out with one since he's not technically playing. Regardless, uh, those are just the early ones. We're obviously going to come out with more probably Saturday, Saturday afternoon on Action Network when they start getting released. Maybe Sunday morning, but we did pretty yeah, well. We should, last yeah, week. we'll try to lock him in as early as possible. We're doing it in our basketball plays like in the morning. We'll try to do props the day before. So, because um, it's big, you know, we only got two more games left. So, those are all of our bets for conference championship weekend. You know, like Travis said, kind of sucks. We only got three games left. But lastly, we want to touch on a, uh, in my opinion, a fairly big UFC card, actually, the, a huge UFC card this weekend. It's UFC 257 on Saturday night. Um, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier is the, is the headliner. So let's kick it off with that fight. How, like, I want to know your honest opinion, Travis. How do you see this fight playing out? I don't know. I don't, I don't like the odds so much. I would, I'd probably want, we'll stay steer clear of just betting on it straight up. If I, if I do, it'll be in a parlay, but I don't know. At the end of the day, it's Conor McGregor. He's already beat Poirier once, which was, quite a while ago six years ago i think yeah i don't honestly don't even remember that fight because of how long ago it was but obviously it's no shot on mcgregor that ha- he's like still as good as what he was even though he hasn't fought as much because he came out beat the shit out of cowboy's ass last year but then again 
He's only he only fights like once a year now, so I don't know. I, I would think he'd win, but it wouldn't surprise me if he finally lost. I mean, it's no, finally he lost to Khabib. He lost to Nate Diaz. Like finally lost to like somebody that's not challenging him for a belt. Yeah. So I uh, I follow Connor on all the social media, obviously, and I've been reading a lot of stuff. And I mean, apparently he's like more focused than ever. And if you look at his training, like he's been going like a madman and. I mean, it's no shot at Dustin Poirier. I think Poirier is a good fighter. He was the interim champ at one time. He got tapped out by Khabib in the second. Connor got tapped out in the fourth. I think that just goes to show how good Khabib is, as much as it pains me to say it. But um, I think Connor wins this fight. And he he's calling a knockout within 60 seconds. I don't know if that happens. But I do think he knocks him out within the first two rounds. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I mean that would that wouldn't surprise me. The the drop off in in competition that Poirier went from. I mean, he went from Khabib, and then he fought Dan Hooker, and had that go to decision in yeah. five rounds. So I mean, it's ob- it's obvious that he isn't quite what he once was either. I mean, he's 32 years old, and he's just not in, in his prime anymore. Honestly, it's kind of weird to say 32 years old, not in his prime. Conor McGregor's 32 years old, but it's Conor McGregor. But the but, dude, but dude, like you said, man. like you almost want to look at McGregor and the mileage that he that Poirier has. He has he's has way more fight minutes than Conor does. I mean, that's something that I think will play into his Conor's favor. You know, because he wants to fight. He said it in 2020. He wanted to fight three times. Then COVID happened, kind of derailed everything. I think I think that's going to happen this year. I think he's going to fight three times. I think he's going to start with him beating Poirier, and the belt's open because Khabib is still kind of up in the air. Which, by the way, can we talk about this real quick? They need to strip him of that. Like he can't keep this in limbo for for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it won't last too much longer. Probably want to get this fight over with and then look into that. But yeah, like you said, the fight minutes. Like McGregor's fought twice in the last like three and a half years, where Poirier's fought almost six, yeah, five or six. So. And then, and like, come into play, especially for two 32 year old men who are like on the, not on the back end of the career, but obviously not going up. And I forget, are they fight? They're fight, Are they fighting this one at welterweight or, or lightweight? That's lightweight. So McGregor's going back down to 155. where in my opinion, we saw him fight twice at 155. Once was against Khabib when he was doing his ridiculous shit, drinking his whiskey and being an asshole. But then when he fought Eddie Alvarez, and in my opinion, that is the best I've ever seen Conor McGregor look. Like he pieced Eddie Alvarez up. Um, so we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Um, two like value bets I have because like Travis said, money lines too rich, minus three hundred. But if you pick Conor to win, I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna win in either the first or the second. Now it could go to decision. Who knows? But I think for value purposes, you can pick Conor by round one at plus one seventy five, or Conor by round two at plus three fifty. So if you do a unit on each of those and he does win in the first or second, you're going to win money. All right. You heard it here first. Probably not, but maybe so. Uh, there's the Conor fight. Another fight you want to talk about, some you may not know. Um, our boy, Michael Chandler, who wrestled at our alma mater at Mizzou, is the co-main, I guess. The, the second to last fight he is fighting dan hooker who dustin Poirier just beat and this is michael chandler's ufc debut so something that we're pretty excited for yeah i think he's getting a bad shake because a lot of people are comparing him to ben Askren. um because ben Askren did come from he's a mizzou wrestler him and ben like I, I watched an interview with michael chandler and he said him and like ben Askren and tyron woodley were like um role models to him because he was a, he came in as a walk-on freshman out of high ridge missouri 
walk-on freshman to the Mizzou wrestling team. And it was Ben's senior year and Tyron's junior or Tyron's junior sophomore year. And they like, they're all in this like, like close in weight class, coach them up. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, he, but I will say that the level of competition that Chandler has been through is might be a little bit more like strenuous and, and huff, tougher. He can't, he's coming from Bellator. So I think which, that their fighters, there are a lot better strikers than they are in the one fighting. Well, Ben Ashkin was, was, was in Bellator. And then he went to one fighting. He went, but he went to one fighting. Like yeah. he was at one on the, on the later half of his career. Whereas Michael Chandler just fought back in August in Bellator. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his, he, he's been fighting in Bellator since 2010, um, which is insane. So and he's 21 and five. For those of you who don't know, and he's, he's, he's decent at knocking out nine, nine of three been knocked out. Nine guys been knocked out three times, but his submission work, he's seven and zero oh in submissions. So that's why I think he's a little bit more diverse, well, diverse than Ben Askren. Ben Askren, if, if the fight's on the ground, he's going to win. I think Mike, and he can't, I mean, he had like maybe one or two knockout wins, but Michael Chandler can knock you out. And Dan Hooker, no shot on Dan Hooker. I mean, he's definitely a great fighter. Like you said, he went to the decision with Poirier. Um, and that was, that was his last fight and he lost. Before that, he beat Paul Felder by decision, Alan Conta by decision. I don't see this fight going to decision. I'm actually going to take Michael Chandler because he's the dog at plus 110. I think he's a good fight. Maybe Michael Chandler by KO is even better odds if you can get him somewhere. Um, but if you're looking for value in UFC fights, which are always fun to root, to root for the underdog, that's going to be your, your value bet. See, I would go I would go more the other way. If you're going to go Michael Chandler, I would almost go – if if you're going to go for him to finish, I would say it would be on the ground because Dan Hooker's a kickboxer. Okay. He, he he does wrestle. I mean, he's had seven submissions in his career, so he's no scrub on the ground. But Michael Chandler, you're looking at a guy who has a much better, higher takedown average and submission average than Dan Hooker. So, yeah. And I uh, think he'd look, he'd look to, to kind of start his career in the UFC, which is old, he's 34, uh, as a guy who's going to be doing groundwork, kind of like uh, an older Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to like impress some people right out of the gate. That's why I think he's going to finish them because he wants to go for that belt. And you're looking at it. They're both fighting in lightweight. Connor wins and Michael Chandler wins. Is that, is that, is that the fight to make? <laughs> I don't know. That's you're giving a guy second fight in the UFC, a title fight. That would be a, a pretty big statement on Dana White's behalf, but who knows if they go in that direction. Um, by the way, a Conor McGregor money line and Michael Chandler money line parlay is plus one seventy five. So, so it sounds like we're Deer's going to start his good bet slash props off with that McGregor and uh, Chandler money line parlay plus one seventy five. Yep, uh, mine. This is one that I really love looking at this card, and I could be dead wrong. I love. I, I think I think I know where you're going, and I love this too. Joanne Calderwood. Oh no, I don't know. No. I have, yeah, I have some weird ones. The the one that you're thinking of, I do have on here a little bit later. Okay. My first one that I like a lot is Joanne Calderwood versus Jessica I. It is the third third to last fight uh, on this card. Joanne Calderwood's only minus one twenty, and I love that. I bet on Jessica I her last fight, and she looked like dog shit. Like, didn't look like she wanted to be there. Was just slow. Wasn't throwing punches. Joanne Calderwood, on the other hand, 
6.17 significant strikes landed per minute, which for a woman fighter is insane. Now, other than that, she has a 1.9 takedown average, much better on the ground. I think at minus 120, these this is just insane. She's going to whip the shit out of her. Okay. I like that. You know, I was looking at that, and I didn't love I because, like you said, um, she just didn't look great. I mean, her, her, her last fight. Uh, one that I like a lot, too, another good bet. It's, again, it's a value bet, major value bet. Um, we'll rip off, like, what we're willing to stake on these at the end. Um, it's the last fight on the prelims, which is before the main card, which starts at – main card starts at 9 p.m., Central Standard Time. The last one in the prelims is Nazrat um, Hackparast. For whatever reason, he's plus 210 against this dude, and I can't figure out why. So he, I'm pretty sure, like, he's been, I think he's just been a dog in all the fights. Like, but the, the UFC and, and the commentators love him. Like, I love him. He's so much fun to watch. This was who I thought Jarrett was referring to uh, that he had, but I also have him. He's just, he's so much fun to watch. He's an animal. I don't know much about this Armand he's fighting. He could be insane, but I'm going to take Hack Perez for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I think that too. But um, other than that, like as far as good fights on this card, your your value, you're, you're buying this card to watch Michael Chandler's debut in the co-main and watch Conor McGregor fight. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Those are the only other two that I had outside of Conor and, and, and Mike Chandler. I have a couple more, and I, I, uh, I'm going to rip them off. Uh, the one I have is the fourth fight, I think, I believe. Yeah, the f- so the second fight on the main card, it is Atman Zaitar. He's minus 160 favorite versus, I got to say this guy, Matt the Steamroller Frivola. <laughs> what a goofy-ass name. But regardless of the fact, I like this Atman guy. If you want to roll with him, minus 160, you can. I don't have the, the exact odds out yet because – there is a event tomorrow or on Wednesday. I like this Ottman guy by TKO. Don't know what the odds are yet, but I like it. Okay. Uh, he is 13 and 0 in his career with 10 knockouts. Seems like a monster. 8.6 significant strikes landed per minute. Uh, and and Frivola is a ground guy. So I think if a Zaitar wants to win this fight, it's going to be on his feet and it's going to lead to a knockout. So that's the one pick I like. The other one I like is another underdog. It is Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Brad Tavares. Carlos Jr. is plus 115. Uh, he is a beast on the ground. Nine of his 11 wins from submission. And so I think he's either going to – I wouldn't feel too comfortable doing it by a submission. So just pick him straight up to win. He's either going to grind it out and win by decision or submit him. Okay. That. Well, there you go. You got the, you got the picks – I'm going to roll with uh, half unit on Conor McGregor in round one. That was, again, I forget the odds that I ripped off on that. Conor McGregor round one, half unit, plus 175. Half unit on Conor McGregor in round two, plus 350. So, again, either way, if he does it, like I think he's going to, you're going to win. At the most, you lose a unit. Um, I also like a unit on uh, Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor Moneyline Parlay um, at plus 175. And I also like a half unit on Nasrak Hackparast uh, plus two ten. So I'm going with some with some value picks, which I always try to find for you, um, Travis. What can you rip off? What you got again for two fifty seven? Yeah, my Joanne Calderwood is going to be two. Uh, my Azitar by TKO is going to be one. Hackparast one and Carlos Junior one. Nice. So got some variety. 
Obviously, we have no opposing picks there, so you can find these all, again, on the Action Network. Um, we'll tweet them out probably Friday, but you can find them on the Action Network on Saturday. Um, big fight should be a fun fight. Check it out um, if you want to, because Connor, he said he wanted to fight three times last year, and he didn't, so you know, you know, he may only fight once a year. So check it out when you can, but big weekend of sports. Um, yeah, in a NFL Conference Championship Games, UFC 257 should be a fun weekend. Follow us on the Action Network, daily basketball and hockey plays. And uh, that's pretty much it. You got anything else? Nope. Check out uh, the links in our bios. Can take you to Blue Coolers, our Kong affiliate website, Bavada, our merch store. Check that out. Pretty much anything you ever need is in those. Which, by the way, new merch is going to be coming next week. Just, just a little tease. Yeah, just a maybe. Might we might throw in a couple more shirts but for right now we have one uh, which kind of will go along with our guests that we'll have next week so until then we'll see you on the flip side peace Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.